Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Somewhat surprisingly, my most popular episode of all of the 120 podcast episodes I've produced over the last two years or so was one going back to June 2020 titled My Morning Routine. And that surprised me because it was like, gosh, I've had so many great people on and great interviews. B.B. Baskin, Sinead Kane, Nick Williams, Shirley O'Neill, Des Canning recently and many others besides. But yet people seem to be more interested in my morning rituals. But as a friend said to me recently, uh, he said, you know, well, James, people are interested in you. It's your podcast after all. And of course, that was a bit I I suppose I just found it a little bit odd, but but it does mirror feedback, say, on blog articles. So my blog articles where I'm speaking about my own personal experiences, let's call it that, are the ones with the highest hit rates or the same with social media posts. You know, it's when I'm sticking up the picture of a cake or or me trying to do yoga. You know, they're the ones that seem to get the most interaction as opposed to the ones that I find are how would I say it, you know, impactful from an aha moment perspective or um, a gem of wisdom that I've come across that I share. Um, And and that interest that people have in me, it's odd because it still makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable and it's probably my own lack of worthiness stuff raising its head. You know, people are interested, I often think, in what I do or what I can do for them if they're a client, you know, as opposed to their interest in, in me as a person. So that's something that I'm uh, trying to get a little bit more comfortable with. And what's interesting is it's also something that I'm doing with the new book I'm working on. So I think I briefly mentioned that in some previous episodes. Um, It has the working title of Gems of Wisdom, and there's many sources of inspiration uh, for it. And I'm sure I'll speak about those again. Um, But as 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 a gift for all you loyal listeners, I'm going to close this week's episode with uh, with a segment from it, hot off the press, as it were, with some deadlines for the new book looming. Um, and because it's also August, I'm going to be taking a pause from the podcast for a week or two. Uh, but I'll speak more about that later. Um, I'm sure those of you who tune in every week um, will give me a week or two off. Um, uh, you know, there is the, the weekly commitment of producing an episode and it takes about a half a day a week to do it um, in terms of research and the recording of it and the, the, the setting up of it. And whilst I love it, um, I do need to get the, the book across the line. So something has to give. So I will be pausing the weekly episodes for maybe two weeks um, but I'll speak more about that later. We'll be back in we'll be back in September um, with some new guests and uh, hopefully some new insights as well. So back to this week, as I say, the topic is one of how I start my day, and it's one that is important to me. You know, I've heard the phrase used before to win the first hour. You know, setting the tone for the day ahead, and and that's certainly a sentiment that I agree with. Um, back in June twenty twenty. Um, when I shared what I did back then, as I say, I was surprised that so many people listened to it or were interested in it. But my my morning rituals or routines have changed somewhat since then as well. They always continue to to grow and evolve. 
So why why is having a morning routine important? Um, and I can say why it's important to me. You know, there's so much going on in the world. It's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to, you know, pay attention to the loud, loud voices that are out there, the people who tend to speak with conviction, all of the news and, you know, all of that stuff that's going on. It's so difficult to feel grounded in ourselves and, and as a way to feel more in, in control, at least at the start of the day. Um, what I also like with having a morning routine is that I'm more conscious about what I'm bringing into that day you know, from a from a thought perspective, from an emotional perspective, how am I showing up for the day? And it is very much starting as you mean to go on. So I try to start the day proactively. So I'm doing something that's for me. And that's what my morning routine is all about. Um, you know, my, my main motivation for doing it is it makes me feel good. Now, there's many other benefits that go with it. You know, I'm grounded. Um, it allows me to connect with my creativity, which is important at any time, but particularly now working on working on the new book. It also maybe allows me to respond to events that occur during the day rather than just reacting to them. So I feel a little bit more in control. So whilst we can't control everything, sometimes we can work on on controlling how we're we're showing up. Um, you know, as I often say, I see my morning routine as a little bit of a handrail for the day ahead. But in recent times, what it also has reinforced for me is a is a theme that's central to a lot of my work, where it's not just about what it is I want to do or what it is I want to get done in the day ahead. Um, you know, and, and having time to think about that at the outset is useful. But the real the real piece that balances that is how do I want to feel today? You know, as I've said many times, we're emotional beings. We feel emotions all the time. Ironically, behind every request to do something is ultimately that desire to to feel better. You know, I'll feel better when I have this done. So that that balance between how do I want to feel versus how do I want to get what do I want to get done is also something that allows me to pay attention to at the outset of the day. A few weeks ago, during my chat with Des Canning, which was a, a great episode, you must check it out if you've not listened to it, uh, Des put me on the spot and he was asking me about the, the two wolves analogy, which I'm sure you've come across before. And I tried to paraphrase it then, um, and I have it here written out in a little bit more detail in front of me so I can be more accurate. But it, it's one that is very relevant for me um, as a motivation for my morning routine. So here's the little parable again. Uh, the grandfather, uh, or I should start by saying a grandfather is talking to his grandson. The grandfather says, in life, there are two wolves inside of us, which are always at battle. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness and bravery and love. The other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. The grandson stops and thinks about this for a second. And then he turns and looks up at his grandfather and asks, grandfather, which one wins? And then the grandfather replies, the one you feed. So for me, in recent times, I've realized that unless I'm feeding the good wolf, the uh, the bad wolf can come and devour me, where I become my own worst enemy, where I can become a busy fool chasing myself around, where I let the, the craziness of the world impact on me. Um, and maybe it's the shadow side that comes out. Now, I know it's all about embracing the the, the, the whole, as it were, our, our, our entire uh, holistic experience. 
Um, but the uh, the negative emotion is something that that drains, and I don't like to bring that into my day because then I'm giving it to other people I interact with. So perhaps the main way I feed the good wolf is with my morning routine. So enough of the preamble. What exactly is my morning routine? I hear you ask. Well, there's no there's no precise prescription for it. But here's what happens generally. Now, this is certainly the case for me most weekday mornings. The weekend can be a little bit more flexible or free-flowing, um, but particularly Monday to Friday. I tend to be up around seven. Um, that's been easier in the summertime, of course, because it's brighter out. Um, if I wake earlier than that, I will be up. Sometimes it's as early as six. Sometimes it's as late as eight. Um, and one of the things that I do first thing in the morning is to drink two big glasses of water, sometimes with a bit of lemon in it, which, of course, flushes me out. It reminds me of many years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, part of my morning routine was rebounding, which I think is the adult term for jumping on a little trampoline. And I remember Tony Robbins is a real advocate of that because that bouncing motion um, helps also to shift toxins out of the body that would have accumulated overnight. Um, but I don't know where that rebounder ended up. Um, I think it used to raise too much dust. <laughs> and I'm not one for cleaning. Um, I think I passed it on to my sister. Um, so the, the flushing out is the, is the drinking of the two uh, big glasses of uh, water. Um, then if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that there is a, uh, a, a at least a 20 minute, if not 30 minute yoga session that I do. And I've spoken about my yoga before and how I love it. And, um, um, you know, uh, you know, it just brings me pleasure. That's why I do it. But of course, there's so many other benefits to it. Um, but at the beginning of the lockdowns, when my yoga class uh, stopped and thankfully it's back now on a Thursday night. Um, but when I was doing the at-home practices, I followed a few online classes. And, and I know a number of you listening have probably come across Yoga with Adrian. That's A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. She's a lady that's based in Austin, Texas, her and her dog, Benji. Um, she's so many videos on YouTube that are free. And of course, you can subscribe to her channel as well. Um, and I just love her. She's so personable. And the yoga sessions are not like, you know, gymnastics and standing on your head. It's very doable. Uh, some of the sessions can be, you know, a bit of a workout. Um, and then some mornings as well. I just want to do something that's a little bit easier, a little bit more yin based. So it's slower postures. You're holding them for longer. Uh, great stretching. So, you know, for me, obviously, there's the, the physical side to yoga, uh, muscle tone and flexibility. But there's also that union, which, of course, is what yoga is between mind and body. And it really it really grounds me. And it's something that um, that I do now probably six, six days a week. Um, I'll usually skip it one day because that just makes me eager to get back into it. You know, on the on the Monday, I'll usually skip it either on a Saturday or a Sunday. But that's an essential part of my um, my morning routine. The other key element to my morning routine is meditation. Now, if the term makes you cringe, you can change it to quiet time or tuning in or turning in. But for me, there's a great um, balance between the, you know, the combination of the physical movement of yoga and then the stillness of meditation afterwards. A few weeks ago in my podcast, I was joined by Georgina Durkin, another great episode if you've not checked it out. 
And one of the services that Georgina now provides is primordial sound meditation. And I was really curious about that. So I had a session myself with Georgina uh, on that a few weeks ago. Um, and that's now something that I've incorporated into my meditation practice. It's just a different form of meditation. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll also take an angel card. I have several different decks, including a deck by Georgina herself, her soul side up cards. And again, you'll often see me uh, sharing those on Instagram as well. And it's it sort of sets the, t- not sets the tone for the day, but it's a lovely little message, um, a mantra, an, an, an empowering affirmation, as it were, to, uh, to focus the mind at the beginning of the day. Um, I would have spoken before too about the app Insight Timer, which is my go-to meditation app. It's a free app. There's, I mean, there is a paid version of it, but there's so many free resources on it from talks and music and nature sounds and lead visualizations, whatever you're in the mood for. And in recent weeks as well, I've also been tuning into a live Dharma talk all the way from Ibiza, um, delivered by a lady called Stephanie. Her Instagram handle is presence underscore embodied. And at 8 a.m. our time, uh, most mornings, she delivers a 20 or a 30 minute uh, talk that leads into a meditation. And I don't know, the, li- the, the, the fact that it's live, I think, makes it um, uh, very real or something. And that's not every morning for me, but it's, it's certainly in the mix. It's a bit like I, I have a menu of options and it's whatever I feel uh, called to do. Of course, all forms of meditation really start with the breath. And for me, the breath is the gateway to self-care and self-love and for tuning in. And there's several different breathing techniques that I will use. There was a time, and I must actually go back and revisit them, where I did the Wim Hof breathing method. You may have come across Wim Hof, short name, W-I-M, and his surname is H-O-F. He's a he's Dutch, um, famous for immersing himself in freezing water and using breath and cold to boost the immune system. Again, loads of resources on YouTube and on the web. And his breathing method is about oxygenating the blood, then holding your breath. And for for me, I find the the sense of relaxation that comes with that. How would I say it? It it, it really helps create the space for a deeper meditation. Uh, That combined with some primordial sound meditation is a very powerful um, combination. Other forms of breathing is square breathing, you know, where you're breathing into the count of four, pausing, exhaling to four, pausing again, inhaling, as if you're going around four sides of a square. Uh, You can increase or decrease the number as you see fit. Uh, Sometimes what I do with breathing is just say to myself as I'm breathing in through my nose, you know, this is my in-breath. And then as I breathe out, this is my out-breath. Because sometimes the brain just needs dialogue. If your head is acting like mine, you need to give it something to do. Um, And something else that works for me as well in in terms of combining the breath with some language is on the in-breath, maybe saying to myself the word let and on the on the outbreath go. So I'm giving myself the instruction to let go or or surrender into the moment. Or maybe even the word slow, the word slow and down. So I'm breathing in the word slow and I'm breathing out the word down. Again, it helps to to give the mind something to do and to and to settle into the the, the quiet time as it were. 
Something else that's incorporated into my morning routine, which maybe I haven't spoken about before, is that an element of prayer is incorporated into it. Sometimes it's a traditional prayer. Um, it's always, you know, calling on, on blessings for my family. There is that sense of, you know, prayer is where we ask and uh, meditation is, is where we get the answers. Um, but for me, they are a nice, they're a nice combination. And it's something that, that also is, um, is an integral part of my morning routine. So my morning routine is about fueling mind, body and spirit. So maybe the yoga is body and it's mind as well. The meditation is quietening the mind. Uh, not every morning, but probably three, maybe four mornings a week, I'll make a green smoothie. And I can thank my friend Nicola Flood, also known as the, the, the Queen of Health, um, on Instagram and on the various different social media platforms. And actually, Nicola was one of the very first people as a guest on my podcast, I think it was a year ago, last May. You can check out my chat with her. But she has various different smoothie recipes, but her green one is a personal favourite of mine. You know, spinach and different nutrients and celery and coconut water and avocado. Um, and some protein and um, you know my body sort of screams out thank you when I when I when I take um, a glass of that in the morning as well I'll often do that sometimes in um, as a substitute for like a muesli breakfast but what I've been doing in recent weeks because I'm going to the gym now three mornings a week I'll actually hold the green smoothie until I'm back from the gym and and that combination works really well for me um, other options that sit on my, how would I say, morning menu, uh, depending on what I'm in the mood for, um, more often than not, I will doodle in my journal. So I have various different journals for various different topics, and I've one that I like to hold, which I call my morning journal. And I'll just capture stuff that maybe has popped into my head during meditation where, you know, maybe the creative juices are flowing or I've had an idea and I just want to capture it, that old phrase of ink it, don't think it. Uh, something else that I used to do in the past, I haven't found the, the calling to do it in recent times, is the morning pages exercise by Julia Cameron. You know, her famous practice from her, her famous book, The Artist's Way, where you use a pen or a pencil and you write three pages of stream of consciousness. You don't reread them. You don't edit them. You just get onto the page everything that's going on in your brain, even if it's, you know, the repetition of the line. I don't know what to write, but it's a way of working through a creative block is, is where that originated from. But it's also a way of just getting rid of the gunk that does be in our head. Um, some mornings I'll also pick up a favourite book and just read a page or two from it. Um, a perennial favourite of mine is Louise, Hay, Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. Um, over the last few months, I've been reading a page or so of my friend Nick Williams's book, Unconditional Success. Um, for the nth time I've been reading it. Uh, some of the, the work by Eckhart Tolle would fall into this category. And it's also a nice one I've been dipping in and out of. Um, the Things You Can Only See When You Slow Down, which is a fantastic title, uh, by Heyman Soonam, who I believe is a Korean Buddhist monk. Um, Heyman, H-A-E-M-I-N, Soonam, S-U-N-I-M. And it's one of those books where maybe you would just read a paragraph or two and there's a, you know, there's a powerful message um, in it. 
So you might be thinking, well, James, where do you get the time for all of that? You know, I'm not looking at a huge commitment here. It may be on the outset an hour. More often than not, it's around 45 minutes, you know, the 20 minutes of yoga and maybe 20 minutes of, of meditation and a bit of journaling or a little bit of reading in between. But I often say it's never a question of not having enough time because we all have the same amount of time available to us. It, it really comes down to what do we prioritize? And for me, in, in recent times, more and more, I'm prioritizing my own well-being. I'm prioritizing putting work into how do I want to feel today so I can start the day as I mean to go on. Um, and I'm also more conscious around how am I engaging with other people from, you know, to do it from a place of alignment as opposed from a, a place of frustration sometimes. Um, really what I'm trying to do, I suppose, with my morning routine is establish the lens through which I'm seeing the day, uh, the lens through which I'm engaging with the world. And, and really, I'm, I'm looking for that to be grounded in love and self-love as opposed to fear, um, because there is so much fear out there at the minute. And I'm also taking personal responsibility for what I'm I'm putting out or bringing into the world as well. And sometimes I think we can we can get or, or certainly I've had in the past, you know, the tendency to get very rigid or structured with routines. Um, and 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 having explained to you what my morning routine is, I am. Um, it's not that I'm doing it from, uh, you know, a place of discipline. You know, I'm doing it because I actually look forward to it because I know how it makes me feel and it makes me feel aligned mind, body and spirit. And on those days when I drift from it, which has happened in recent times, I got I got into the habit of switching on the television to look at the overnight Olympics coverage when it was on. And I might sort of say, I will only look at 20 minutes, you know, and maybe an hour later, you know, I'm still sitting there. And that went on for a few days and my morning routine um, slipped. And of course, that's human. It's a choice. You know, I'm not a robot. But what I did find after four or five days is I found myself reacting to events more. I didn't feel as grounded. My mood wasn't as good. I was more difficult to live with uh, because I hadn't done the, the investment in myself, as it were. And, and that's really why I do it. It's not a huge commitment. It's a priority. So I mentioned at the outset that I'm going to be pausing from these weekly episodes just for a week or two to give me a chance to, um, uh, to get stuck into uh, completing the book I'm working on. And before I share with you a hot off the press chapter, um, I'm going to suggest a little, a, a little 14 day commitment. So the, this is also something that I incorporate into my morning routine where I'll ask myself these questions um, every day uh, towards the close of it. And it's, it's a great habit to get into because for me, it aligns mind, body and spirit, but it's also a way of shaping focus and to bring more into consciousness. So here's the here's the little challenge for you. So 14 days, um, note three things that you're grateful for. You know, and you can do that written in a journal or you can do that mentally. So what's three things I'm grateful for right now? Uh, what's one thing I'm proud of from yesterday? So I'll ask myself that in the morning and it gets me to reflect on the on the day before and something that I was proud of, maybe doing something, completing something or how I approached something. And of course, what happens over a period of time is that if you know tomorrow you're going to be asking yourself something that you were proud of doing yesterday, you can be more conscious in the moment of, of how you're, you're engaging with someone or a situation because then you can 
you know, note that the following morning as part of your routine. So three things you're grateful for. One thing I'm proud of from yesterday. Uh, and then looking forward, you know, what's your intention for the day? So, you know me, I much prefer the word intention as opposed to goal. So intention brings a quality of consciousness into it. What's my intention for the day ahead? And then adapting a, a phrase of Louise Hayes, you know, I'll close it by saying, well, accepting that I'm a vessel for love. Uh, today, my focus is, and that ensures that the lens through which I'm seeing the day is one that's based in love as opposed to fear. I think Louise Hayes' version of that is something like, um, you know, um, um, uh, now that I value and love and honour myself, today I'm. So she's she's bringing front and centre what it is we're often looking for, is that sense of being valued and appreciated. So if we can give ourselves that gift up front, then how am I going to be approaching the day? So that's my menu of options for starting the day for my, my morning routine. And as I say, it's not rigid and I do it because I love it. Um, and I'm always adapting it and tweaking it. Uh, and the end goal, I mean, there's many goals to it, but the end goal is it just makes me feel good. and I'm going into the day, how would I say it, feeling the best of myself. So as I said earlier in this episode, uh, with the with the, I won't say pressures with the new book, but with the with the with the fact that sometimes I have to put my hand up and say, "Well, James, I can't do everything um, all the time." Um, I'm going to be parking the podcast for probably two weeks, so we'll be back in September, uh, early September, um, which allows me a good run at, at at finishing the book, which, as I say, is provisionally titled uh, "Gems of Wisdom." So to let you know um, of, of the work I've been doing to date, how, how is the book structured? So there will be somewhere between 50 and 60 uh, mini chapters of different themes that fall under the umbrella heading of personal development. But it's a combination of, um, how would I say it, stuff that I've learned, but also um, reminders of things that I thought I'd forgotten, you know, the deeper wisdom. Um, you might call them aha moments. My term for that has always been gems of wisdom. You'll have heard me use that phrase um, on many podcast episodes. So I'm gathering them together in one place. And I wanted to do it more bite size. So it might be the sort of book that you would dip in and out of during a morning routine where you can read a paragraph or two or, or a little chapter on something. And each of the little chapters then closes with two or three uh, reflection questions. So I'm going to close this week by uh, sharing with you uh, one that I only finished writing um, in the last few days. And of course, the whole book will have to go to the editor anyway. So this may be tweaked a little. Um, but this particular topic or this particular theme is one of being open to receiving, which is a topic that I think most of us can relate to, because I suspect most of us tuning in here would classify ourselves as givers. So each chapter will open with a quote, uh, one of mine. And then there's a, a little reflection essay on it, as it were. So it, it's not long. So I'll, I'll share it with you and uh, a few questions. And, and hopefully you'll find it useful and beneficial. And if you do send me a note, it'll, 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 it'll continue to give me encouragement to, to finish writing the book. I think I have another 15 or so chapters to go. I think 45 are in the bag. But anyway, the, this one is about receiving. So the little quote to open the chapter is, to come into balance in my life, I must be open to receiving. So apart from being told as a child to say thank you, we are rarely taught how to receive. 
we will deflect a compliment by drawing attention to our flaws. On receipt of a gift, we will immediately feel the need to reciprocate. We reject a helping hand because we believe that the needs of others are more important than our own. Whether it's a compliment, praise, opportunities or love, a reluctance or an inability to receive is the symptom. Not valuing yourself is the cause. If your strategy for feeling worthy is to give, you can never give enough. Yet deep in our psyche is the belief that it's better to give than receive. But to give requires someone to receive. That's the duality of life. Up and down, hot and cold, yin and yang, giving and receiving. Integral parts of the balanced whole. The challenge is that receiving requires us to relinquish control. When we give, we are in charge. When we receive, less so. Giving feels like doing, whereas receiving feels passive. You may have mastered asking, but are you allowing yourself to receive everything you've asked for? If you are uncomfortable receiving a compliment, how are you going to be great? How are you going to graciously let abundance flow into your life? Before you give or before you receive, know that you are good enough simply standing there. And what is given or what is received doesn't change that at all. And the reflection questions, how can I get more comfortable receiving? Can I practice saying thank you without deflecting? How can I let others experience the joy of giving? So that's a little segment of my new book, which hopefully will be out this side of, of Christmas. Um, and as I say, I'm enjoying writing them, but it does take a little bit of time. So I'm going to be taking a, a little holiday from the podcast over the next um, over the next two weeks or so. So hopefully you've enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you as ever for tuning in. Um, more about me, James Sweetman, is on my website, jamesweetman.com. And you'll find me on all the main social media platforms, particularly LinkedIn and Instagram. So I normally close by saying until uh, next week, but I'm going to close this week by saying thank you again and until September. <laughs>